Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Well, good morning. How are you? Blessed Resurrection Sunday to you. Resurrection Sunday, yes, every Sunday is a time to be celebrate the resurrection. Amen. Has he not? Don't we have something to celebrate every Sunday, every day? Give God some praise in the house of the Lord then. Amen. I'm going to, we're going to be going on a journey and I wanted to do a prelude to the journey. We're going to go through the book of Acts this year. I want this year to be focused on the third person of the Trinity. I really have been going through a lot of stuff internally, I guess you could say. And I feel like that the Holy Spirit is something that we kind of push out of the picture. We focus on Jesus, we focus on the Father, but we give very little focus about the involvement of the Spirit of God. Do you know, do you know that the Spirit of God has been given it, given him, God has given him to us to empower us, to, to have relationship, to interact, as Romans 8 says, our spirit lining up with his spirit. This is so important, but unfortunately, even us as Pentecostals have really gotten away from the importance of being led, empowered by the Spirit of God. It's a relationship aspect. And when we talk about the Trinity, this is one aspect, one area that people get confused on. There are so many people fighting about, is a Trinity, is it real, Has it, was it made up? And we'll talk all about those things this morning but I want to kind of share an, uh, uh, kind of a story with you, a true story happened to St. Augustine. And St. Augustine one day was really dealing with the Trinity, and he was at his wit's end. He couldn't understand it himself. So he went out for a walk, and he kept on turning in his mind, one God, three persons, not three gods, but one God. And he's going in and out trying to understand how God being one, yet in three persons. And he just was battling with it. And finally, he happened to see a little boy on the beach. And so he went up to the little boy, and he asked the little boy, what you doing? And the little boy said, I'm digging a hole. And, the, and, and St. Augustine said, well, that's nice. What are you going to do with the hole? And then he left the hole, went over to the ocean, put some ocean water in his hand, and he went over to the hole he made and filled it up. And the and Augustine said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to take the whole ocean and put it inside this hole. And just as St. Augustine was going to try to tell him, you can't, that, that little hole you made can't even capture a little bit of the ocean, he finally caught it and said, God, I understand. How can something finite truly understand something that's infinite? And so often, when we can't understand something, we want to evade it, push it aside. Uh, sometimes we want to attack it because we don't understand it. It's, it's like this. If an ugly bug comes into your house, it doesn't bite, it doesn't sting, it's just ugly. What do you want to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Step on it, kill it, and stuff. Not me. I pick up the little rascal and I put them outside, even if they sting. I pick up the little hornets, man. You should see how mad they get. They're trying to sting me. You know, and I throw them outside, you know. One day I will get stung and oh well. <laughs> 
But the reality is anybody could kill it. Now, if he's trying to attack me, he's going to be a dead bug quickly. That being, that being said is that what we fear, we want to get rid of. What we're uncomfortable with, we don't want to deal with. We want to suppress those things that we're not comfortable with. But how many know that you never grow when you stay in your comfort zone? Anybody know that? Comfort causes us to fold up and not become what God wants us to be. So Augustine was trying to understand and started to say, wow, the vastness of God is really large. And so it's sometimes you and I have a hard time understanding the infancy, the infants, the uh, God who is never dies. Nothing, nothing ever dies. It, it, every, nothing ever rots. Can you ever imagine a piece of fruit being a piece of fruit and not rotting? Or a flower being a flower and not falling off and dying? No, we can't because it's not the world that we live in. So I want to take you on a journey today about the Trinity because most people think that it's related to polytheism and poly being many and theism being God. And so many gods and some people, some religions see, oh, you serve three gods. No, we serve one God who has three distinctive roles. And you and I need to understand the spirit of God. The spirit of God wants you to know him. The Spirit of God wants you to understand he wants to work in you and through you. Someone say, in you and through you. And you can't say, well, I remember God using me over here and God using me over here. That's great. That's wonderful. But the interaction of the Spirit of God is a continual thing as you learn and grow in him. You cannot live on yesterday's bread. Hello. How many ever had bread in your bread box and you left it there, you didn't eat it for a while, and you came back one day and it was all moldy? Come on, raise your hand. Did you eat it? No. What did you do? Go look for You went to go look for fresh bread. Well, the Spirit of God wants to give you fresh bread daily, daily manna. So many believers actually believe the Trinity. You go up to a believer in Jesus Christ, you say, hey, do you believe in the Trinity? They'll say, yes. Then I asked them, can you explain the Trinity? Can you show me why you believe in the Trinity? And then here's the biggie. Some people say, well, yeah, that's only a New Testament concept, but not an Old Testament concept. Well, then I would say to them, they don't see Scripture very clear because as I've studied the Old Testament and New Testament, there are so many things in the Old Testament, especially when you start studying the languages of the Old Testament and the, and the form of the Word. It's amazing how God... Well, I want to get away from myself. How God shows uh, himself throughout his word. Remember, someone say Old Testament concealed. Come on. Yeah, say it like you really mean it. New Testament revealed. And so we need to understand that God was revealing himself in a dimension. So you and I today, we are blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, you are so blessed today in this generation. You are so, so blessed. Now say it to him and smile a little bit. Wait, just tell him, yeah, I am so, so blessed. The word Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible. It's actually a Latin word. And the Latin word Trinitas is a combination of really two Latin words. The two Latin words are unitus, which means unity, and trias, meaning three. And so today, if you looked at Trinity, it was meant to convey one thing. God, the God, oneness, the oneness with God. Here would be a simple definition of the Trinity. 
is the belief that God is one in being and three in persons. Someone say being, and then someone say person. Now, this is important, very important to understand this. You ask me, what's the difference between being and person? Go ahead, ask me that. What's the difference? <laughs> Come on, say it like you really mean it. Come on, say it like you really want to know the answer. Come on, shout it out. That's so much better. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> you see, being is the essence or quality or the substance of being that which, what you are. What you are is a being. But a person is the essence or quality that makes whom you are. So I would say, I want you to understand that what kind of being am I? What kind of being am I? Thank you so much. Someone and two people in this congregation said I'm human. Praise the Lord. I wish more people would understand that. That's right. I am a human being. And my person is Brian David Corkum, or a.k.a. Pastor Brian, a.k.a. Pastor Brian D. Corkum. I like the D. D is very important to me. And if you want to know one day, just ask me. So what kind of being am I? I'm a human being. Who am I? I am Brian David Corkum. And so when you look at this, every person in this room, we share something in common. What is that? We are all in being human beings. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, you make the cut. Just tell them that. You make the cut. <laughs> we are human beings. We are all of the same being. But you are not the same person as me. You have a different person, a different role, a different thing in life. And what happens is that people get confused on the Godhead. None of you share the same kind of person I am. We're all very different. Just tell your neighbor right now. Just get it out of your chest. I know you thought this. Just say, you're very different. Go ahead, just tell them that. Just tell them that. You're very different. And praise the Lord, you all share the same being, but you're different. God is one being with three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The question, is there anything on earth that has one being and three persons? No. But we struggle with the aspect of saying that God can have one being and three persons. Though we don't understand it, but how many things we don't understand in life and we just accept it? We don't even question these things. But it's amazing how we strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. There's a lot of things we don't understand. But I like this portion of scripture here found in Isaiah 55. It says this in 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You've got to capture that because when you have something in life that's difficult, when things happen in life and you don't understand, you have to remember Isaiah 55. I remember this all the time. It's a powerful portion of Scripture. There's things we don't understand. I'm just going to give you a few things that, you know, that you may not understand, but you kind of just accept it every day. I'm not going to talk about God's creation. The Bible 
God's, all God's creation, God says that all humanity is without excuse because of all that he has created. I'm just going to talk about the human body for a second. I'm not going to talk about the universe and the solar systems and the stars out there and the orbit and black holes and all this incredible stuff out there. I'm not talking about the ocean with the mammals and the fish and the shellfish and all the microisms that take place, that little tiny stuff feed off of the things you can't see. I'm not going to talk about all the coral that God keeps alive as the currents come in, a life within itself. I'm not even going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about... Um, uh, the beautiful things we see in this earth that we live in, that it's just dirt, but yet you put a seed in it, and beautiful things grow, and from that we get food, and from trees we get furniture, and from trees we get warmth, and from a tree we get food itself and beautiful flowers. We can, we can talk about all kind of things, never mind the animal aspect of all the different animals and how they're created and what they do and how they live and how they eat and the things they eat. We could talk about so many things that are created that we don't argue about. We see them every day. We're not going to talk about all the fowls of the earth that fly incredibly and are such beautiful and that make all these beautiful noises because everything has design. Some would say design. When we talk about the Trinity, we, we, some people just, you know, want to just flush it and say because they don't understand it. But there's so many things around us we don't understand, but... But yeah, we act like we know it all. So I want to just share a few things here that I, I find amazing. An adult has 206 bones. However, when an infant is born, there's approximately 300 bones in an infant, a little baby's body. And then it goes to 206 because some of those bones that are separated all come together and merge and become one bone. You should thank the Lord about that, ladies, because that's many bones that don't come together in their head. <laughs> it just makes having a baby a lot easier. Did you know your skin rejuvenates after it has a paper cut? Is it, how many have ever had a paper cut and thank God that your body heals? Isn't that amazing? But we don't ever try to figure it out. How does that take place? We just thank God that we're healing and that I no longer have the cut anymore. Dead skin seems to replenish your tongue print is as unique as your fingerprint. Did you know that? That your tongue print actually is so different than your fingerprint. It's how unique you are. Did you know that your small intestines are about 25 feet tall and your uh, long, excuse me, not tall, <laughs> long, 25 feet long, and your uh, large intestines is like five feet long? Someone say, that's design. That's the sign that God, there are so many things that God has created. Did you know that your heartbeat will beat about 100,000 times a day? This is an incredible muscle that works in such an incredible way. Depending on the beat per minute, but it pumps about 2,000 gallons through your body daily. Your heart pumps up to 1.5 million barrels of blood throughout your lifetime. Can someone say that's the sign? That's design. So I went on a heart calculator, a heartbeat calculator, and since I just had a birthday, I decided to put my age in there. I almost had a hard time remembering it. Put my age in there, and I put the beats they wanted per how many seconds, and, and the, it calculated that from my birth to now, my birth to now, my heartbeat 
And it's a fluctuation because when you exercise, your heartbeat goes up. So there's a little bit of a fluctuation in here. But the estimate calculation of how many times my heart has beat from the time I was born to right now is 3,364,840,000 beats so far. And I've exercised a lot in my life, so most likely that's way higher than that simple equation that was put out. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that it's designed. God's trinity works together with a design, and we need to understand it, not just say we believe it. Did you know that you lose about 600,000 particles of your skin every hour? Which is about, hey, you're going to like this. You're going to like this a lot. Which is about 1.5 pounds of skin each year. You want to lose weight? You'll, you'll lose about a pound and a half every year if you don't eat the Oreos. Stay away from the Oreos. Did you, <laughs> did you know your liver is the only organ that can completely regenerate itself? Some would say design. Did you know every second your body produces, check this out, 25 million new cells? That means in 15 seconds you have produced more cells than there are people in the United States. Some would say that's design. God is a designing God. He's a creative God. And when we can't understand things, there's plenty of things we can't understand. However, however, there are so much things that God has given in his word. And we'll get to that in a, a moment. Did you know that there is anywhere between 60,000 to 100,000 miles of blood vessels in a human body? And if it was taken out and laid end to end, it would be long enough to travel around the world Three times. Someone say, that's design. I'm, gonna tr I'm trying to get you to understand that when we talk about the Trinity, when we talk about God, when we talk about his expression of his love, when we talk about who he is, I want you to start level and bring yourself a little high because your yourself is a credible miracle. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at your neighbor and smile at you. Smile at him. Just smile. Say, <clears throat> so you're just wonderfully made. Art, how old are you now? Art, how old are you? 90 what? You're 90. You're a spring chicken. You're a spring chicken. You do so great. Uh, you really do. God, God has blessed you. God continue to bless you. No matter how old you are, you are an incredible feat of God's goodness and God's greatness. When we talk about the Trinity, we need to just come down and realize we ask this one question. When we see all these things in which God has created, and then we talk about this Trinity that God works, one person with uh, three persons with one being, we have to ask a question. What revelation, what revelation does God give us in Scripture so that we may know him? Someone say know him. God has done so much for us to know him, but we do so little in the process. We spend very little time in prayer. We spend really time in the word. We're so busy doing everything else, trying to get there and get there. But how much time do you really spend with God with no interruptions? I don't think we want to put it on paper. I think we put it on paper. We'll all say, oh, God, please forgive us. Someone say amen. Because I know the statistic. I know me. I know how hard I have to struggle and say, you know what? I will. I will do this. 
Wake up your body when your body's tired to do what you know you need to do because what you love is more important than hither, than sleep, than food, than anything you need in life because he is who he is. And he will do what your God will do because he is faithful. So what most people have a problem with the Trinity, a lot of people have the role that Jesus played. When they look at the role of Jesus, it looks to a point that Jesus is not so important. They see Jesus as taking a role that's sort of inferior. People see Jesus as what he said because look what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 14, 28, I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. John 14, 31, Jesus said, I love the Father. And that I do exactly what the Father has commanded me. So when people see this, they don't see Jesus as God. They see Jesus as something lower. I want you to understand something that the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is God. One being, three persons. Three different roles. The role Jesus played was a different role because he came to give his life. I want you to get this. If you had a business, oh, let's just look at a business here. Let's look at a CEO, uh, Bill. We'll look at Bill as a chief executive officer. And Bill is the CEO. He has a business. He has a multi, multi-billion dollar business. He has a vice president named Jeff. Jeff himself is a vice president and falls under Bill. Now, when you look at the CEO, the CEO has a greater role than the vice president. There are two human beings with different roles. I want you to understand something, that Jesus had a role to play here on earth. He was to fulfill the Father's will. But we also see in Scripture, we see in Philippians chapter 2, when the Lord says in verse 6, who being in the very form of God, in the very nature of God, did not consider himself equality with God, something to be, something to be used to his own advantage, but rather made himself nothing, becoming, becoming a servant. Remember when Jesus washed the feet of, G, uh, of the disciples and he was given an example? It was his role that he was playing. He left his authority because of you and I. Look what it says here. This is a very powerful scripture that's often attacked by many people. And many people feel that God has, uh, that the, new, the Trinity was really forced in the New Testament era. But we're going to see that it, it wasn't, as we see from Genesis alone in a second. You'll see. But look at the beginning where it all starts. Look what it says in John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word is Jesus. And the Word was with God, the Father. Jesus and God the Father were together. And the Word, what was it? Was God. There's false religions will have their own Bible and they'll change that wording to make it more conducive to what they want. But that's not what the Scriptures, that's not what the text says. And you can be get very deceived by not going and learning and being a disciple to get to know what the text says. The word was with God, and the word was God. Not a God, was God. He was with God in the beginning. Someone say, in the beginning, he was with God in the beginning. This is Jesus was with God in the beginning. Now watch this. Most people don't see this. 
Through him, who's him? Jesus, our Savior. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Now watch this. In him is life. And that life was the light of man, the light that shines in darkness. But the darkness did not understand it. Many people believe in the Trinity, but they don't see it in the Old Testament. And they feel like, well, the people in the early church, they forced it into the narrative. I'm going to show you that's not true. God is one God, and we need to understand and have a personal relationship with God, but understanding that a sensitivity to the Spirit of God is essential, but it does not happen if you don't spend time with God. If you don't spend time with God, how will you understand what God's trying to say by His Spirit to your spirit? It's important. We see something in the very first verse. Let me, I'm going to take you to the first verse. I'm going to take you to the first chapter of the first book. And I want you to, I want you to see something that was illuminated to my eyes as I was studying. I just thought it was so awesome. And there's so many other things like this in the scripture. In Genesis 1, 1 it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I want you to understand the word God here is, is used in a word of plural. It's Elohim. It's plural. It's not singular, God. It's Elohim, God's. In the beginning, God's. But yet created is in the singular. Giving you a real clear understanding that God, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit working together created Singular, the word there is used bara, meaning single, and Elohim meaning plural, plural God's Elohim. And so here we have plurality and singularity working in the same sentence in creation at the first verse, first chapter in the first book. But someone say, it gets better than that. It sure does. How do you know? Oh, you already know this already? Well, let's go on another journey. Let's go to verse 2 of the first book, first chapter, second verse. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the what? Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now we see in verse 1, we see the pluralism of God. We see the single area created. But then we see the Spirit of God in action in the very beginning. The Spirit of God showing an entity by itself. Not God, but the Spirit of God. I got really excited when I learned, did all this study. I'm still excited. God is doing a great work to show you and I. Watch this now. In verse 3 of Genesis. Oh, I didn't put that in here. Verse 3 of Genesis It says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Over here, the spirit of God is hovering over here. In verse 3, it's saying, God said, let there be light. God switched the switch or said, let it be switched. I'm going to show you something interesting, too, in in the Shema. The Shema is prayed by the Jewish people. And... In Deuteronomy chapter 4, as well as a couple other scriptures, make up the Shema. It's not taken right from one scripture. It's a combination of a couple of scriptures put together. But its starting of it is taken from Deuteronomy. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The word there is akkad. Akkad actually is saying that many are one. That's the pluralism of that word. Many are one. It's like having a cluster of something or having a bunch of something and you, you, you call it one word. You don't call it a bunch of words. It's, so that word there, one, is not in the singular. It's actually in the singular, but the meaning of it is a many making one. It's like your body. Your body's made of many parts. But when you refer to it, what do you say? The body. My body hurts. Then I ask you, what hurts in your body? Then you'll tell me what part of your body hurts. Well, that word is the same thing. It's just something small, but still the same thing. In Genesis chapter 1, look what it says in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the livestock and over the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Someone say design. I'm trying to help you to see that the Spirit of God and Jesus Christ and the Father went to the extensive power to reveal his characteristics and his being. But the way he works is so different than the way we work. People can fight against it, and I'll let them. But I'm going to give it to you today. There is, in Genesis 6, let us make man in our image. People often will say, well, it's pluralism, but maybe it's all the angels. And then I said, I said, I said to myself, angels are not created beings. They're created beings, but they don't create. This is a reference to, once again, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us. As you see Elohim in the plural, created in the singular, let us make in the likeness of ourselves. How about this one? Genesis 3, the fall of man. And the Lord said, behold, man has become like us, us, plural. He didn't say has become like me. Us has become like us, knowing good and evil. In Genesis 6.3, the Spirit of God is distinguished from the Lord. It says this in 6.3, Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in mortals forever, for they are flesh, and their days shall be 120 years. What causes the Spirit of God causes life because he is life. In the Tower of Babel, we see this in Genesis chapter 11, verses 6. And during the Tower of Babel, if you don't know what that is, is that everybody had one language and they were just, they were just accomplishing great things. They were just, oh my word. They were, and all of a sudden the Lord just said, wow. They were building this tower and they wanted to reach God. And it was impressive. It got God's attention. And God said this. The Lord said, as one people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this. Then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Do you get that? You're the same type of people. All, so many things are possible to take place if you just learn to do your part and join in with your hands and work together. What great things happen because many hands work together. Someone should shout amen. Mm. 
He says, if they're beginning to do this, nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. Let us, let us go down. Once again, in the plural. So let's jump over to the New Testament. In the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of age. I'm sharing this with you because I'm saying that you focus on the Father. We start the prayer, our Father who art in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name, but you need to get connected to the power of the Spirit and start to spend time so that you can get sensitive to what God is trying to do. And the only thing that happens is hunger. Hunger is the only thing that's going to bring you into the presence of God. Hunger and time, hunger and time and time and hunger. Ask your neighbor if they caught that. (laughs) Let us go, let us go and make nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why we do that. That was the command we see here again in Matthew chapter 3, 16 and 17. Jesus, a beautiful picture of the Trinity being revealed, Old Testament concealed, New Testament revealed. You see this process taking place here in Matthew chapter 3 and seeing all part of the Trinity taking place, taking part, being revealed so we can understand God's trying to do a work. Matthew chapter 3, 16. And Jesus, when he, baptized, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit descending, God descending like a dove, the Spirit descending like a dove, and lightning upon him, and a voice from heaven saying, This is my Son, whom I well pleased. Here's Jesus, here's the Spirit coming down, and the voice This is not the first time the voice spoke. Giving us evidence of the interaction of one being working as one in three persons with roles. Everybody has a role to play. We may be all from the same human being race. Because I don't know if you know that, but if anybody ever teaches you there's different races out there, the white race, the black race, the green green race, there's no green race, but red race or yellow race, whatever race you want to come up with, there's only one race. It's human, human. And from one race, everything came from, not this what people teach. And in our culture, we have a terrible history of treating someone terribly wrong because they look different. Shame on the church. Shame, shame on believers when we discredit another human being who's made in the image of God. God has one race, and we need to understand no race is better than another one because we're all from the same one. Let me look at something that should put fear in your bones a little bit. If this happened in our church today, sometimes I say, Lord, do whatever you want to do, Lord. Wake us up. Wake us up. There's a story with Ananias and Sapphira. Just before this, Barnabas just sold some land. Barnabas was a very godly, incredible, incredible man of God, known as a son of encourager, a son of encouragement. And so nevertheless, he offered this. He sold something, gave all the money as a gift to the Lord. Meaning he really sacrificed something. He, he sold his land. He sold, gave it and, and gave the whole price that he sold it and gave the whole price 
to the Lord, so all the, to the Lord, so that everybody's needs would be met. He sacrificed something for his own benefit and gave it to the Lord. But unfortunately, Ananias and Sapphira saw that, and they said, hey, we're going to do that too. And everybody must have been really excited that Barnabas did that. We don't know all the ins and outs of it, but nevertheless, they decided, hey, we like the accolades. We're going to, we're going to do it too. However, they didn't give God everything that it was sold. Let's just say it sold for, I'm just going to give you today's amount. Let's say it sold for $100,000, but they only gave fifty. But they said they sold it for fifty, but they lied. And this is what the part in Acts chapter 5, this is what it says. Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, wasn't it in thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this in thy heart, that thou hast lied, not have not lied unto man, but lied unto God? You see, 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 I want you, this is clarification. And if you realize the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is really brought out in a way where you can say something terrible about the uh, Father, you can say something about the Son, and that can be forgiven you. But you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit when you take a credit that God does and call it of Satan, the Bible says that won't be forgiven. Many people feel like they've done it, but the, no. <laughs> if you're worried about it, you haven't done it. Because this is a heart that takes a credit, like the Sadducees or Pharisees, that they were very guilty of this as they said Jesus was healing out of doing it from a spirit of the devil. That's blasphemy. So Holy Spirit is precious, and we can offend the Holy Spirit very easily by our attitudes and by our uh, things that we live, and we can, we can really offend the Holy Spirit, which affects our life in so many ways. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, 5, it says, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. So how do I want to close this this evening, this morning? What challenge can I give to you so that you can start to, and it's just a starting point for us, I guess, but nevertheless to understand that there is a spirit that's part of the Godhead that we need to pay attention to. We need to really be sensitive to. We need to ask the Lord, the Lord speak, because the Spirit wants to lead us into all truth. The Spirit wants to speak to you. God's Spirit wants to speak, but, but, but listen to me. God's Spirit doesn't always say what we want Him to say. Hello. He didn't do it to Abraham. He didn't do it to Moses. He didn't. It, it, it's, it's leading us for the kingdom. Kingdom. It's all about kingdom. God's concerned about kingdom. Always about kingdom. That's why he planted his church. So I want to give you this from 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Kind of a meditational scripture for you to reflect upon. Finally, brothers, goodbye. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All right, just go ahead. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> All of the saints send their greetings. Now, we'll look at verse 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Fellowship of the Holy Spirit. 
I want you to ask yourself, when the last time you even thought about fellowship in the Holy Spirit, in the aspect of that relationship that you have with God and the relationship of God speaking, the relationship of the amount of time you have spent. You know, if you love someone, you spend time with someone. Amen? People say, people often say, uh, I love such and such. And, and the thing is, I always ask them, how much time do you spend with such and such? Because if you love someone, that someone is going to be on your heart, be on your mind, and be evident in the actions of your life. Love is easily said, but not always done. In our relationship with God, when we love God, this is what causes us to be in tune with the Spirit of God because it's about relationship. It's the amount of time that we put God first. It's the amount of time that we're in His Word. It's the amount of time that we don't let no distractions and we just find ourselves praying, talking, worshiping God. It's the amount of time that we spend in His presence because we love Him, not because we have to. We don't read our Bibles because we have to. We read our Bibles because we want to. It's relational. We don't pray because we have to. We pray because we want to. It's relational. We don't serve God because we have to. We serve God because we want to. It's relational. And this is where the Spirit of God will speak because it's, there, it's, all this is working together. And the Bible says that God has sent forth His Spirit to now lead us into all truth. So there's a challenge that we have here. The challenge is how much do we make the Holy Spirit part of our day, part of our life, because it's part of the Trinity. You have to understand that he wants to speak. And, and, and the bottom line, if you really just love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, everything else, and, and you love your neighbor as yourself, you know, the Spirit of God will speak. Amen? It's not difficult, but it's spending time in the relationship. Can you, can you stand to your feet for a second? So many times people say it's a mystery of, of the Trinity, but to tell you the truth, it's not as simple. It's not really that mysteri mysterious. It is because we don't know how it necessarily works, but we can see the evidence in Scripture that the Father is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Son, and the Son is not the Father, but they're all God. Amen. And they work as one, one. It's one unit. And that one unit wants to transform your life through salvation, but then transform your life as you get into the word of God. Listen, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to challenge you here, and you may, your hunger is all on you. When you're hungry, what do you do? You eat. Why? Because you're hungry. But when you don't want to eat, you don't feel like it, but you know you need to. It's like I was just talking with a cancer patient the other day, and they lost their appetite. I tell every single person when they lose their appetite, you still have to eat something. You still need nutrition in your body. Even when it tastes terrible, even when it's just you're not hungry, you still need to eat. Same thing with our Bible reading, just same with prayer, sometimes with small groups, sometimes with church, whatever. You are connected. Why are you connected? It's because you're connected to him. And when you get connected, you'll, God will change you. God will change you. There is a spirit of God who wants to transform you from the inside out. And if you just let him, I'm going to say just let him, you just yield to him, he'll do a great work in you and through you. Let me just talk to each one of you here. If you don't know Jesus, those online, if you don't know Jesus, this conversation today is talking about a holy God, one God 
in three roles. The Father had this plan, the Jesus fulfilled the plan, and the Holy Spirit is working the plan. For what reason? So you and I could find salvation, be brought back into the relationship with Jesus Christ, relationship with God. The garden separated it, but the cross brought it together. And you too, each one of you can have a relationship with God if you just make Jesus Christ your Savior. The Bible says in Acts 4.12, there's no name under heaven whereby men may be saved. One name. The wages of sin of death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus came to offer a way. And all you have to do, close your eyes with me to this morning. All you have to do, you buy your chair. Maybe you're listening on a podcast. However you're listening to this message, maybe you're on Facebook. But Jesus is not your Savior. You know him. You know about him. But you haven't said, God, I'm surrendered, totally surrendered. What is your will for my life? And this day, this day, make that choice to say, God, I choose you. You have orchestrated an incredible plan for my life, and I want to know it. Accept him as Savior. Ask him to forgive you of your sins right now. Say, God, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me. And ask him to come into your life. Yield to his way, to his word, to his works, so his will would be done in you. If you're here this day and you say, I want God, all of God, just raise your hand. I want God. I want God. I want God in my life. Yeah, yeah. I want God in my life. I want God. Yeah, yeah. Don't look at me, Jesus. You go raise it. You're talking to God. Yeah, yeah. God wants to do a work. Father, I pray right now that you touch your people. I pray a hunger for you. I pray for each one, each one, Lord, that they would truly, truly come to you, God, and say, God, here I am. Here I am. Change me. Change me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Right now, I just ask Jesus to be my Savior. I ask Jesus to be my Lord. I ask Jesus to be my captain of my life. And I yield myself, and I want to listen to your spirit all the days of my life. Teach me, God. Teach me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give God some praise in the house of the Lord. Give God some praise in the house of the Lord. He's worthy of praise, worthy of glory, worthy of honor. And he's on your side. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.